Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show, and I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Doing something different in there today. We're going to do a new series, and we're still working on the title. You know, I have it right now is Our Story, and we've actually never sat down and told our story before together to each other and kind of our version of our story. I've heard, you know, we've been out places, and I know I've given my testimony, or when we were doing the film Restored Me, we were out, I was out telling a section of our story from my perspective. It was my version of our story. But when we can have a chance now, we're going into eight years since, you know, your guest mom died, my late wife passed. So it's a different perspective. You know, when Kate and I, you were, and I were talking out on the patio about just the gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, when it talks about the account of the seven miracles that were given as Jesus as examples, but it was told from three different perspectives. We have actually six different perspectives on the death of your moms. So it's a chance I really want us to take to really get a chance to look and see what that looked like, looked like to each one of us. Because your guys' version of love for your mom is different than my version of love for your mom. I have a passionate, you know, erotic love version towards her. Versus you all have a, a mother-son type of love towards her which has a different root and at the core so in a how we would perceive things and receive things and even go back and imagine things there's going to be a difference and how we look back upon those eight years that we've come out of eight years ago think about it where have you been anything about the last eight years till now that makes life different then where were you then where were you then i and we can go from there Uh, oh, for sure. I think that from compared to eight years ago, we've definitely all grown in our like separate paths, our like own personally, physically, like so much has changed with our, uh, with our own personalities, uh, our styles, uh, just our way of life in general. Uh, I think like for me, at least, uh, when mom first passed, like the year it happened it was definitely like a sad and confusing time for me i think for all of us actually sorry i don't know why i'm saying just me but it was I'm like absolutely ecstatic now. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i remember just the first day we actually went back to school after like grieving for a good couple of days I still didn't even want to go to class. I remember I just went to the nurse's office and just kind of cried for a good couple hours mm-hmm. until. Sorry, made me think of nurse's office. <laughs> Sorry, the the, the brought back on the outside later. No, <laughs> uh, I remember I had the the pillow that we made with mom that had our handprints on it and stuff. I brought that with me to school and I just kind of. Still have yours. Yeah, I still have mine. It's in my room. I uh, I keep it on my beanbag. Um, it was just. Uh, I just sat in the like the nurse's office and kind of just cried with the pillow for a couple hours, and I think I either stayed there for the rest of the school day or I eventually went back to class. But it was like I still didn't want to be at home. I I, I wanted to be at home. But I didn't really want to go to school because I didn't feel like I was ready to go back out into the world and deal with like you know the passing of mom and try to like go back into 
like normal life because it was like all so abrupt and everything like because we had like a couple of months or a couple of weeks before we had like mom had just gotten to come back home and we were all so happy and everything and then everything kind of just shifted immediately after she went back and that was definitely like wait what just happened i thought i thought we were done i thought we were fine Every, everything was cool i thought we were gonna get to have mom back but uh sadly it didn't really go that way so it was definitely really hard to like get through that first year for sure because it was like almost like little things would remind me of her and i was like i it kind of like made it hard to function throughout the rest of that year but i think one of the main things that really helped us the year after was definitely kesem for sure that was one of the best things that ever happened to us yeah no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but uh that first year like you i really like i totally forgot about this but in elementary school um i would get into this like uh i would just go to the nurse and make up something so i wouldn't have to be in class because like sitting in class i don't know about you but it felt like it was like you can kind of become hyper aware of everything and it feels like people are looking at you mm-hmm. and it's like well yeah. i can't let people know i'm sad or whatever but it was like i was already a crybaby so like i was crying in class and then either get pulled out of class or i would just go to the nurse's office because it felt like a happy medium where i didn't have to go to class or didn't want to go home yet or at least no i knew that dad wasn't going to pick me up nor was shane so i was like i'll just sit here in the nurse's office and it got to a point where they were like well this kid's gonna sit up here i guess we'll just there's nothing wrong with him so we'll let him sit at the library and i would sit with the librarian and we were just like i would help her like either organize books or help her check out books the kids that were coming to the library whatever and then it would be kind of awkward with my class to finally come to the library and then kind of like how do i explain to them that i'm sitting in the library because i don't want to sit in class <laughs> and i don't really know why i'm continuously going up to the nurse but like no one really none of the teachers or none of the staff really kind of gave me um a problem or kind of gave me a trouble for it so i was like it kind of like I, I it would be like multiple weeks i would be doing this but it wasn't like i first thought i was sneaking out i was like i would ask my teacher if i can go but i think they kind of knew there was something wrong and they were just like letting me go uh, yeah the the teachers at, at south shore were definitely they were pretty understanding people they kind of and I, some of them were very nice i like talking to a lot of mm-hmm. them and uh I think think they could really tell there was like a a shift because like if all of us it's like we're already the what three well the you and I yeah around the same age too you don't really see a whole lot of siblings in around the same age at least at that school you didn't (laughs) black siblings I know right actually when when mom passed Evan was in first grade I was in third grade and you were in fourth grade so it was like three of us and Jackson Jackson was in preschool and we had similar teachers so it's like you can't really mistake us one the last name two we were the very few negroes Mm -hmm. you'll see at that school but yeah and a lot of teachers from even some teachers that I didn't even have a class with who I just like sometimes would talk to or like our classes would do stuff together. They also started to like pick up on like our like different shifted behaviors and everything. So they were like they would come talk to I would get uh, some of the teachers would come talk to me, check in, like see if I'm doing OK. Um, and I would just like sometimes I think they would let me sit out sometimes if I just wasn't feeling up to doing any like activities because I didn't really. I definitely feeling uh, hanging out with my friends helped, like, uh, help me 
go back to um or just ease back into doing normal stuff but um like when i wasn't hanging out with my friends and it was just like i was just left alone with my thoughts or like daydreaming in class it was definitely like it was difficult for sure because sitting in class you you get bored and don't want to pay attention and it's like well what trauma do you want to deal with right now yeah or think about right now so it was like that or go to the nurse's office and sit with the library <laughs> Yeah, I think the only teachers that in elementary school that really knew what was going on, sorry, um, were I forget her name, the lady Miss R, whatever. Miss she, I think her name was like Miss Rubin or Reinbold. But yeah, Miss Reinbold, your fourth grade teacher, Miss Reinbold. Yeah, I think because I was like constantly and crying for like, too. yeah, because those two like shared a class for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But she would like, she was the most understanding. Would like let me sit outside. And like crying, and so I would have to sit in front of the class, literally crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they all knew what was going down. Yeah. So the school the school knew, mm-hmm. you know, their and their job to you know as teachers is to make sure they're they're checking in. I don't even remember how long we stayed out after mom dad. Uh, we like two stayed, weeks uh, or a month or something. At, like, like out of school. <clears throat> out of school. I think it was like a couple weeks. I don't I, think it ever got to a month though. I think it was like two weeks at least. Cause I remember we were. We'd have lots of people over for like parties and stuff, and then we'd wake up late for school, and then as and then they were like, "We don't have to go to school." I was like, "Okay," and then I don't. I would play like video games or the Wii throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we were out, we were out for a while. Well, not not a long time, but I remember we we would go like maybe like a day a week, but there was like at some point we kind of had to go back legally. Yeah, <laughs> or else it was like, okay. what was it? like what, excused absences. Like what's the word that like I forgot the word, but it's like a if parents like uh, knowingly about... don't send their kids to oh, school. Truant? Yeah, truant. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to say treason. <laughs> <laughs> treason. But um yeah, that that first year was definitely really, really hard. Cause I remember the day you told us, like all the family, everybody was there. Uh I thought it was gonna be good news at first because I was like, Oh, everyone's here, all the cousins, uncle, aunts, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. The one person we're looking for was not there. Yeah. <laughs> for the good news. Yeah. And uh and then I remember when I like I was told, I was like I remember I went upstairs and kind of just cried in like one of the chairs upstairs and like I think I cried myself to sleep and then I woke back up and everybody was gone. I think it was an ugly cry probably. Yeah. Well, well that's everything. Well, so and no <laughs> according thing. to you guys. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 get ugly crying. What's it called? It was, we were, I, it was like one of the first few years after mom had passed and we were driving somewhere and then you start crying, but like you do an ugly cry. No, it's not like, not like I'm making fun of you for it. It's like you just, you, the fact that you do an ugly cry and then, I think some of us started crying, but at the same time, I was like, can you stop crying, please? <laughs> I want to feel bad for you. I really do. And then, uh, what's it called? Dad pulled the car over because Ryan was just crying so bad. Mm. And then we all were just crying. I don't know where we were. It was dark. I don't. I think we were going home from yeah. church, probably, or from Center Point or whatever. I don't know. I don't well, think we started going to Center Point until we got to, like, middle, until you, oh, yeah, no, you and I got to, like, middle, middle school. school. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where we were coming from, but it was dark. Yeah. Cause well, we've had a couple of pullover moments, so yeah, <clears throat> it just depends on which one you pull on. <laughs> <laughs> which one do you remember? <clears throat> yeah, which one? Which one stands out to you the most? Yeah, uh, and then like I think it was summer of fourth grade. 
like like I, well, after I had just finished fourth grade, Caden just finished fifth grade, and it was like I think a couple weeks before actual summer kind of hit. Uh, it was like ne- like really close to the end of the school year. Miss um, Smith and AJ came, and they were like, uh, since AJ was going to UCLA, he found out about uh, uh, Camp Kesem. Because it's like a club that they have at different campuses and at different colleges. Because it's like all around. For a second, and I was like, why are you explaining it? We all know what it is. I was like, oh, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, he ca- uh, they came and AJ was like, oh, so I found this. Because I think AJ's dad had, he had cancer and passed also. I'm no, sure. he had dementia. Dementia. Oh, dementia. Then he Sorry. went in for surgery. And the surgery he had, I think, for knee replacement, he actually had a heart attack or something he wound up not doing well after that i remember miss it was off topic miss rose the one thing that sticks in my head she said um he had woken up one time and was speaking fluent spanish he had never taken spanish before and was speaking fluent spanish but it's crazy that's all who you hire as your realtor matters you need a realtor who looks out for your best interests and not their own Marie Clark with Allison James Estates is a full-time realtor specializing in helping first-time homebuyers in Temecula and the surrounding areas. She is also a ministry leader. Today, why don't you choose Marie Clark to buy or sell your next home? Please call 951-265-6259. This is Craig Carlisle, the host of The Raising Men Show, and I'm also an executive producer of the independent feature film, Restored Me. It's a powerful, feel-good dramedy that centers around a young man trying to restore his relationship with his young daughter and her mother after his wrongful incarceration. This film speaks to restoring your faith and pushes a bold message of positivity and motivation. The cast includes Gary Owen, Bill Duke, William Lee, Matt Gerald, Richard T. Jones, Malik Yobo, Yancey Arias, and both Casper Smart, just to name a few. Restore Me is available on over 100 digital markets, including iTunes, Amazon, and on demand from your local cable provider. Buy it, rent it. Either way, I'm asking you to watch it. It'll bless your life. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlisle, on WKBY 1080 AM. All right, so we're back from break. We had a little phone call, so shout out to a friend of us, that, a friend of ours that actually called in from the um, hospital, actually, got a chance to see him. We haven't talked to him in a little while, so shout out to you. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling. He had life in his eyes. He, did have, he did have light light and life in his eyes. That was <laughs> kind of touching cold for a minute. We weren't <laughs> sure what we were going to find out. We're just talking about our life, and we wind up talking about the death of one person. We didn't have to talk about the death of another person <laughs> as a part of the series. That would be part two, but um, I know it will not be one. Oh, I know. Uh, we, you guys we'll just, give them a podcast. Oh, I'll give you a podcast for sure. What not to do in this day and age but um, <laughs> no nah, just kidding for you guys now you guys talked about first year for you guys was weird um and hard the first year for me i think was what's just thinking it was it was tough you know because you mentioned the people coming over to the house mm-hmm. and that was actually the second meeting um because we i don't know if you remember we actually had another meeting when mom was there before she went to the hospital, we had a meeting with with a, almost that same group of people, where she was actually kind of we sat together and we were, we were she was explaining that she's going to go to the hospital for a while, 
and she's going to have this treatments and stuff and, and actually kind of get prepared for what cancer was really going to look like as far as we knew for a while because we were actually preparing for her to go for a stem cell replacement. So that's really what that pre-meeting was. But and I, and I think it's interesting because part of the grief process, we amnesia is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things we probably each will not remember and someone else will remember something different. I remember um, we went to Disneyland. I remember those like two, three Disneyland trips we had. I don't know if they were before or after mom passed, but I remember they were there. I think, well, well, one of them for sure was after because we went with uh, Rose Miss, Smith and, and Miss Carol Downs. Carol Downs. Uh, that, that one I remember for sure. And I, and I remember arguing, I think, with you guys talking about we had never been to Disneyland before. And, this, and as far as I knew, that was our first trip to Disneyland as a squad. But you guys were like, no, no, we've been to Disneyland before. We've been to Disneyland before. And I had totally, you know, had it stricken from the record that we had gone when Kasha had really had bought tickets for a lot of us with one of her bonuses or something she had gotten. And so we had all had gone like way back. I think it was even when uh, Jean, your grandma Jean was alive. I want to say, and I could be oh, wrong yeah, I don't there. remember that then. I, I don't remember that. I remember we went to SeaWorld a lot. I remember that. Yes, yeah, that I was, do. Yeah, we did a lot of SeaWorld. But that was like before Mom was sick. Yeah, that's yeah. before Mom was sick. She was, we bought SeaWorld passes and it was. we thought it was easy for us to kind of run down to SeaWorld and go. You guys were small kids and so and SeaWorld. a lot of things to touch and yes. water and animals and reading. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe not so much reading. But well, you know. I mean, like you read about. The, I mean, like you read about the animals, and it's like <laughs> this, that, and the third. Yeah, I, I remember when you guys. I remember having to come home in that one meeting. You talk about when you've heard about mom was not coming back home, right? Mm-hmm. That meeting was the second of the day for me, because mm-hmm. we had actually come and met Shane at over at your, our cousin Brandon's house, and we told him first. And that was tough. I found that for me. Why did you decide to um, tell Shane first? Well, well he's I, the oldest. Well, I mean, right. I, I get that, but I get. Well, I guess it's different than having to explain it to Shane and then explain it to younger kids that don't get it yet. Plus, no. Also, remember because Shane, like, well, of course, like Shane had a different dad. Like, he was with mom before dad, so mm-hmm. he technically knew mom the longest i guess so it would and that sense. was the only reason why i told him first mm-hmm. because we were a blended family right mm-hmm. and one of my concerns was if something happened to his mom mm-hmm. before he turned 18 my concern was well what can what can really happen because legally i could i had no jurisdiction he wasn't adopted his dad wasn't having that so i, I was just going to end up being the placeholder dude that he that Shane lived with in oh, the eyes of actually the, adopt Shane? No. Oh, I never actually knew that. Oh, yeah, okay. make sure you guys keep speaking up so we get you on the mic. Okay. Um. So I didn't, I didn't have any jurisdiction, mm. right? So because your mom was alive, mm. I never had to worry about it. But as she got sick and it became an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say that. Let me cancel those words. It's, it did not become an issue. It it could have become an issue, but the grace that God allowed us for it not to become an issue because when mom passed, it was the day before Shane's 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So the, it, it could have only been an issue for a few hours. And then when he turned 18, he was a legal adult. He could make all of the, the choices of his own home volition, even at the medical. So he was okay. And that's mm-hmm. where I think grace really comes in because had mom passed sooner, 
His Shane's dad could have easily, mm-hmm. easily. And mm-hmm. our, you talk about a different frame of mind we would be in then, dealing with the be. loss of mom and then the loss of Shane to the point where, and we did lose him to a degree because we took him to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, yeah. I looked at my my body took that as grieving mm-hmm. because he wasn't there, mm-hmm. but. It wasn't grieving because he was still a part of us, but it was just a lot of not here constantly that your brain doesn't differentiate from when you're going through a lot already. Yeah, because the way my brain looked at it is I was going to be alone because I was taking care of you all because you guys were really young. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he was, he, since he was 16 at all the way to 18, he would help drive. You know, I had, three drivers in the house, me, mom, and Shane. Mm -hmm. So when you all had activities and stuff to go do and Shane had stuff he was going to go do, it became so much simpler. And then all of a sudden, mom's gone, Shane's gone, one driver, holy crap, what are we going to do now? You know, and then even on the, do you guys remember when we took him to Ohio State? I which one? Vaguely. The first time, to to, actually, to take him to drop him. I I kind of remember it, yeah. And like not come back. I remember we, I'm sorry, I remember we would walk down like the, the school campus and they were, we, we bought like souvenir stuff. We bought like um, jackets. They were like kind of thin ones. We bought like these silver sock puppet mm-hmm. monkey thingy. Mm-hmm. I remember I got like this weird little, I think me and Jackson both got this like little hamster thing that had like the Ohio State symbol oh, it was on like, it. It's like a fat round one with the. Yeah. 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 It was really. Yeah. I remember walking there and it being like windy not like it was like a cold windy but not like freezing cold and then had we met aunt joyce before we went before we took shane to college i don't think so because i don't i don't remember any meeting her well i have i had met her before at our wedding and i had talked to her throughout our marriage Mm -hmm. and we had gone to when you guys were much smaller i think only two you two were alive i want to say No, actually, no. It was only Shane, your mom, and I then. Because we had gone to Cleveland and Cincinnati on vacation, and my mom got sick. Mm. I think we may have had, we may have had, no, we yeah, you were alive, because you've, you've seen my mom, Caden, but you were, you were a newborn. Mm-hmm. And, um, wait, 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 slow down. That's not true. That is not true. She's only seen Shane. I thought, I thought she... Yeah, because she died the following... We got married in 2001. She died in 2002. So, near, correct. So yeah, we none, went, of us, none of us have met him. I met her besides Shane. Right, besides Shane. So, and that's... And I guess that's also the part of doing this series mm-hmm. with the whole amnesia part. We're all going to have a different side of that story. So, yeah. when we went... <clears> so, backing up going to the vacation, we came... I actually got a call from one of my siblings and said, hey, you should probably come home because mom's sick. We don't think she's going to make it to the end of your trip. My mom. And so we came back. But on your trip, it's funny how you guys tell the part of the story, the fun part at Ohio State when we bought souvenirs and we would walk the campus and go. Remember also, like, I also I remember when we, I think when we first came to Aunt Joyce's house, because I remember it was like. I remember there was a party at Aunt Joyce's house. I remember that much. 
I, the, at least the, the gathering of people there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, like, I think when we first got there, we like we had that like rental truck. I, I was a oh, van. Oh, rental van. Yeah. We were like, oh, van! It's so spacious in here. We yeah. can climb yeah. around. And, yeah. And then like we uh, we got there, and I remember, like, I think I had fallen asleep because uh, I remember because uh, like super, it was like pretty bright. Oh, sorry, it was pretty bright out when we got there. I got off the plane at least, and then when we got to on Joyce's house, I was like. Well, I remember I looking around. I was like, "What happened?" It got so dark like really quickly because it was like it was pretty dark by the time we got there. And I was like, "Huh?" And then I like I heard some lady's voice outside the truck, and I was like, "Who is that?" And I think and I was like, "Oh, it's on Joyce." So, so we, like, we got to meet her and stuff. And uh, I think we were like all like starting to go into the house and everything. And yeah, that's, that's, so that's what I think is interesting because you guys are telling the what I consider to be the the fun part. The, tr- the trauma part for me that I remember of that trip was the was the dread of the flight there and the flight back mm. because that represented our first ever trip without mom. Oh yeah, and yeah. so I remember we didn't have suitcases. I had to get prepped for suitcases, and you know how are we going to get everybody through the airport without my my seriously, I would my freak out was how am I going to get these five boys through the airport. Mm-hmm. And not lose anybody in the crowded airports and baggage claim. That's why I made sure we all could, you know, bring our bags on the airplane. And then it wasn't even going that I was concerned with because I, I told we had single file line going down the escalators. We've got pics of that. Like you told me, it's like you're going to bring you up the rear. So you really have to pay attention. And my, that's on the way home. And that was there, there too. Shane had the back. Oh, that's true. So that was, I, I was okay with going. Because I knew Shane was old enough to keep a watch on you guys while I was leading through the, the you know, clearing a path. Because nobody's going to stand in front of me in the airport, you know. As long as you all stayed tight, you guys weren't going to have any issues. But my concern was the way back. And we all need to find our way back. But sometimes to find our way back, we've got to get started. We've got to find that path and you've got to stick to it. You've got to stand there. And sometimes in finding that path, we have to be able to open our eyes and look down at our feet. And then have the wherewithal and the strength to actually look out ahead of us down the road and find out where the target is. And sometimes the target's tough to see because way out in the distance, we may see the city or the sign we're looking at or the, the, the light on the horizon as to where we're going. But we don't know where the road is going to twist and take us along the way. So for me, I have to be mindful of not just keeping my eye on the target in the distance, but I've also got to keep my eyes on the road itself so as the road begins to turn and bend to the left or to the right i'm not running off into a ditch because i'm just so fixated on the target the destination the final place we're supposed to be i thank my two sons for being involved or just this week and i thank you all for listening because if you have a story that that deals with grief like we're going through we're going to talk through our story and i don't have a thought as to how long this particular series is going to last but it's where the lord has us to be right now we've we've had our eye on the target for so long and the road has been twisty and windy and hilly and bumpy over hill and over dale all around the dusty trail where and i've run off run us off onto the ditch because i wasn't looking at the road but I encourage you all to look at the road and look at the Lord. Let the spirit of the Lord lead you as to where you need to be and how you need to be there. Certain relationships you need to mend and, and, and deal with. And there's certain relationships that we can't because it's been separated by death. Try not to get there. Do the things that you're supposed to do. So over the next few weeks, we're going to continue to tell our story. This is 
the Raising Men story, the gospel according to Raising Men, or it's our story. It's, it's part of even what fatherhood's taught me, the new book I'm writing as well. See you all next week right here on WKBY 1080 AM and theraisingmenshow.com.